Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I am Rashawn McDonald, your host. Each Money Making Conversation talk show is about entrepreneurship and entertainment. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For some, it's a sizable paycheck. Mine is helping people wake up and inspiring them to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. That's all I'm trying to do. These are my passions, and that's what I'm trying to do for anybody who listens to the show, watches the show, stops in the streets and wants to question or wants me to mentor them. The Money Making Conversation interviews provide relatable information to the listener by career and financial planning, entrepreneurship, motivation, leadership, overcoming the odds, and how to live a balanced life. My guest is a highly sought after brand architect in various industries, including music, fashion, wine and spirits, television, and most recently, the bottled water industry. Pittman is a powerful and respected force in the world of marketing. Over the course of two decades, she's held titles as media companies such as Time Inc. and Vibe Media Group. She is currently the CMO of Viola, Brand, Viola Brands and Epitome, Epitome Movie Media Group. She is on the show to talk about her new book, which I have in my hand right here. What Mama, uh, what Mommy, or I said Mama, I'm from the South. What Mommy Never Told You, M-O-M-M-Y, not O-M-M-A, uh, Never Told You. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Erica Pittman. How you doing, Erica? Hi, how are you, Rashawn? Had to get rid of that Southern, you know, it's not what Mama never told us, but Mommy, <laughs> Mommy, Mommy. So where are you from to say Mommy, Erica, Mommy? Well, I am from Brooklyn, New York. See, 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 see. See, <laughs> you say mommy, I say mama. <laughs> to be honest with you, I say ma. I say ma more times than not, but it didn't, you know, didn't necessarily resonate. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I love the title. I have a 22-year-old daughter. So uh, it definitely uh, when I got my hands on the book, I, I read it and uh, found some nuggets that I just want to share with my um, listeners doing the show Money Making Conversation. But first of all, let's get a little background on you. I gave out a lot of interesting uh you being called a brand architect. What exactly is that? Brand architect. What exactly is that? Well, so throughout my career, I've been able to uh, really craft, uh, successfully craft positioning for pretty much unknown brands. And, uh, you know, we have a saying at Blue Flame, we take things from unknown to ubiquitous. Right. So, you know, just figuring out a uh, sort of a paradigm on how to take something that might be an idea and bring it to fruition in a successful way. Um, now, it was, it also, I mentioned you CMO of Viola Brands, and then you have Epitome, mm-hmm. Epitome Media Group. What exactly are those two? There are two separate companies. Talk about Viola they, Brands they first. <laughs> okay. First and foremost, well, not first and foremost, but first we'll, we'll address Viola. So mm-hmm. Viola Brands is a cannabis company. We are a vertical, multi-state operating cannabis company in California, Oregon, Colorado, and Michigan. Right. Um, uh, Viola is black-owned. Mm-hmm. Uh, owned by Al Harrington. That's my man. My man, Al Harrington. That's who Al, Al Harrington. Harrington. NBA Al That's Harrington. Right. Oh, you need to tell yes, him hi for me. He used to come down there and uh, sure do will. some camps with uh, me and Steve Harvey back in Dallas back in the day. Oh, there you go. Yes, everybody loves Al Harrington. Yeah, he can talk about His family's great. Yeah, and the, the the brand is actually named after his grandmother, Viola. Okay, cool. So um, mm-hmm. it's a fantastic opportunity. Um, and then Epitome Media Group is my own company. Um, and as your 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 show focuses on entrepreneurship, I thought it was important to make sure that I mentioned my my own company, um, which is a multimedia group that focuses on strategy, logistics, and and media production. Uh, first uh, project was my my published book, 
which I'm very excited about. And we're working on other content projects and um, an initiative coming down the pike. So it's good. It's a lot of fun. Isn't it really interesting? Like I said, you know, I managed Steve Harvey for 20 to 2000 to 2016. And I currently manage Stephen A. Smith. And, you know, I can wake up and tell you exactly what their blood pressures were in Steve's case, what what's wrong, what what favorite foods for Stephen A. Smith. But when it's when it came to trying to market myself, I realized I didn't know myself as much as I thought I should know or, or be willing to tell because you always shortchange yourself. So you're saying that, hey, Epitome Media Group, the first thing out of the box was your book. What have you learned so far about marketing, you know, Erica Pittman that you didn't know when you first started? That is a brilliant question. Um, you know, I, I, I really struggle. And you know what's interesting is most people that are actually proficient in their craft right. tend to struggle when they focus on themselves. Like Absolutely. psychiatrists never know they're crazy. Doctors never know they're sick. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a running thing. And uh, for me, you know, as a marketer, I can come up with a million ideas for everyone else's projects. But when it comes to me, I really struggle. And part of the reason why I, it took me 12 years to write this book because I was so... Um, obsessed with making sure that it was, you know, my authentic self and I just wanted everything to be perfect. And I felt like if I don't succeed at marketing my book, it's going to be a reflection on my ability to, you know, do my craft. Um, and so I, I just think as, as, as an individual, I've put a lot of, a lot of barriers on myself and a lot of pressure to over deliver in areas that quite frankly, didn't necessarily need that much energy. So it's been, that's the one thing that I've learned is that, you know, just sort of take it objectively um, and, and do what I know how to do. The other thing is um, self-promotion. It is very hard for me, at least, to um, uh, elaborate about myself. Absolutely. Oh, I've done this. I've done that. Mm-hmm. I'm this great. I'm, it's just ridiculous to me. So, well, you tend to I discount your accomplishments. You tend to discount yes. your accomplishments. And that's, my staff has told that. I, go, I say, I, I, I tell something like, you have a degree in mathematics? When, when are you going to tell us that? You, you worked at IBM. When are you going to tell us that? You know, you're a baker. You know, exactly. all these little things that I've trivialized. They go, hey, man, okay, I just, I, that's just part of my life, but that's part of your life. That's part of your story. That, uh-huh. you know, because people think, you know, people only know what you tell them, okay? They can Google your name. They see this attractive young lady, and they, they can also look at your backstory and go, she came from here. But it's really that journey. That we tend to forget when we start to try to brand architect ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. coming from that humble beginnings in New York. You know, that is what I wanted to make sure that people understand that when you are a brand architect, the hardest brand to architect is sometimes yourself. Your own. Yes, that is uh, that is a word. You are one million percent <laughs> correct. This was the biggest hurdle in my entire career. Well, you well you jumped a lot <laughs> yeah. of hurdles in this book. The book I'm, we're about to talk about, what Mama, what Mommy, I'm doing, what Mommy never told you, uh, written by Erica Pittman. Uh, it was a lot of interesting names tied to this book, like Mitzi Miller. I met mm-hmm. Mitzi uh, when she was at Jet Magazine up in Chicago when I was doing the talk show That's up right. there. Went down and said that. And when she had the bad foot, I think she had that bad foot. She had something to tour Achilles. She did. We just talked about that foot yeah, this yeah. weekend. Yeah, the bad <laughs> foot, you know. So she wasn't too hot looking, you know, when I met her, you know, when up there. But then she went on and did the television series, uh, television movie that went, did great ratings, I believe, down the line. And then I see uh, on the back of the book, I see uh, Miss Hilton, who I love, fashion designer. Mm-hmm. 
extraordinaire. She's been on Money Making Conversations. Beverly Bonds, who I long history, Black Girls Rock. She's been on Money Making Conversations. So I'm just letting you know, my friend, that you are in great we are our heritage. So I, I don't know how I've not met you. You know, I know we know so many people in common. We we have to kind of meet per- personally face to face at some point in life. You know, you know, you go on social media, they'll tell you where well, this person knows 145 people that, you know, or, 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 or 15 people, you know, that's you. You know, you you you're my six degrees of separation in this world of digital and social media. But but the, the thing that I want to pull out at the very beginning of the book, because one thing about talking about a book, you don't want to give away the content of the book, just the things that motivate people to why they should buy this book. We said, I want all young women to experience their greatest truth and realize their potential. Now I have a 22 year old daughter. When you, when I read that statement, what do you, what are you referencing for her to understand? Um, I, I, I want her to understand her power mm-hmm. and her God given talent. Uh, we as women tend to diminish who we are and, and how we show up in the world. Right. And we make excuses for our gifts, um, to your earlier point. Um, and, and I want young women to get very, very clear as early as possible who they are and what they want for their lives. Because the minute we know and we're rooted and grounded in our purpose and our vision for our lives, the sooner we can get to the business of doing it. I think about, uh, you know, Venus and Serena Williams or Tiger Woods who, you know, their paths were sort of ordained as toddlers. So at three or four years old, you learn your craft. And by the time you're 17 or 18 years old, you've mastered it. So the sooner we can get clear about what we contribute to the world and where we want to be in the world, the sooner we can get to the business of getting that done. Absolutely. Now, it was something you noted. And I heard you really clear. You wanted to, you said, Rashad, I want to let everybody know I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. And that was Epitome, yeah. Epitome Media Group. Now, yeah. women, especially African-American women or women of color, are the fastest growing entrepreneurial group in America. And yeah. um, wh- I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Why is that? Why is that? That's a broad From, question. Well, let me back up. Let me back up. Let me back up. That wasn't fair. That wasn't fair. Why? Okay, because you made note that you were an entrepreneur. That was a conscious effort on your part. And, and African-American women are the growing, the fastest growing portion of entrepreneurial entrepreneurship opportunities in America today. Why is it important that you be recognized as an entrepreneur and also a person of color? You really have a gift. That is a brilliant question. <laughs> it's funny because I, um, I I say it out loud because I am learning to own it. Because there is a mentality that goes into being an entrepreneur. And there is a way that you have to operate in your life as an entrepreneur. And for me, it, was, it took a very, very long time for me to accept that I was an entrepreneur. As a, um, an employee, right, the, the better half of my career, has, I've achieved tremendous success working for others. And, um, and building institutions within the guise of the security right. of those, those, those companies and someone else's idea. Whereas entrepreneurship is a completely different lane. And the, the methodology that applies to growing within a pre-existing organization is radically different from the, the, the methodology to being a successful entrepreneur. So it's important for me to recognize that part of my, my life and that part of myself so that I prioritize it. Because even in my language, I said, well, first and foremost, let me talk about Viola. Well, why right. would I do that if I'm going to interview about what mommy never told you? Mm-hmm. And so that's my, you know, my long 
understanding positioning of building other people's ideas and dreams and not my own. Right. So it's very important that you point that out. And I had to, I have to make a conscious effort to own that I'm an entrepreneur. Like I had to own that I was an author. I didn't think I was an author for a very long time. And I had a manuscript done and it's like, you are an author. You have to own that so that you can lean into that and, and build from there. And that was what that original statement meant. Well, I'm going to call her EP for short. That's executive producer. She run things. A lot of people don't understand that. And Erica Pittman. Uh, Erica Pittman, you know. But EP run things. EP run things. Okay. So as we as we go through this book, and I told in the first half of the interview, I said, I want all young women to experience their greatest truth and realize their potential. I want to move forward real deep into the book because of the fact that it was one part of the book that really, it's several parts of the book that really, uh, really made me laugh because of the fact that uh, one of the chapters was uh, in the set the bar high chapter. Uh, you was with your girlfriends in Miami and uh, just doing girlfriend talk and just talking about the business because there was young professionals in that conversation. And uh, a guy overheard you talking, obviously a nosy guy or either he was nosy, Erica, or you guys were talking loud. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but he heard y'all he heard y'all he said won't y'all stop he gave some advice one just a, dipped into y'all world and dipped out I always call that an angel move because you know you never saw the guy again and guess what why is he talking to us okay and he said stop talking about what happened and start planning what is next and yeah. that is such an advanced thought process that a lot of people don't do when they start a business or they start thinking about their career, they always complain. They, they will complain about bad relationships, complain about when they got messed over, complain about jobs, or complain about missed opportunities. If you keep looking back about the what ifs, you can't plan what is to come. And that's all he was saying. How important was it for you guys to, you know, first ignore the fact he butted into you guys' conversation, but accept the information that he gave you that, beca that became a part, an important part of the book, I felt. Yes. Yes, it was. And it's an important part of my life. Um, and, uh, and to your point about, you know, angel moments, it was so profound that it literally stopped us in our tracks. And, and, and forged the whole separate conversation. Um, and it's really, really, and that, and that was where I really became solution based in my life. Um, uh, it was just really an aha moment about, you know, it doesn't matter what happened. Well, all you can focus on is what's next. You yeah. learn the lesson, you pull the tools and you move forward. Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, luckily it happened early enough on in, in my own life and career that I was able to apply it and be tremendously successful. And so to this day, I don't spend a ton of time lamenting over a particular situation, whether it's good or bad, right? Because I believe you're only as good as your last sale right. and I'll always be closing Glenn Burney, uh, the movie. Mm -hmm. And then the other pieces, you know, don't look back. You're not going that way. You have to, you have to move forward. So it, it just, it really was an eye opener for me that someone could objectively hear our, our talking and our cadence and say, well, wait a minute, you know, you guys are spending way too much time on stuff that doesn't matter. Where are you headed? So it, it was it was a brilliant opportunity for me, one of many that that really helped me through my life. Well, let me let me bring that. I, I have a um, you know when you when you manage talent, a lot of times you can only make decisions within your scope of thought process. You know, you can't go to mm -hmm. different people and and you know when, when she makes the statement, um, "Don't look back." We're not talking. We, we're, we're not telling you to forget. Because it's, it's important you remember mistakes. It's, it's important you remember success stories, but not to allow that to stop you from planning 
your future muse because your future muse because of the fact fear can stop you. You know, fear of failure right. can stop you. And that's what we're talking about right here. I, I, I am never, I always tell people when you move into a zone in your life where you're uncomfortable or you are nervous or you have to think a lot faster, that's good because you're entering a temper territory that you need to move into to be successful. And that's all that young man, uh, well, I always say I won't call him young man. I'm sure he was worldly when he told you guys. Otherwise, y'all wouldn't even have accepted his advice if he was like 20 years old. Who's that young fool? Get out of here. And But it, it, <laughs> first, it had to be somebody who looked like he had some advice to give once you got, guys got over the shock of him interrupting y'all conversation. But that's in the chapter, right. set the bar high. But also in that chapter, which is the funniest chapter to me, is knowing your value. My boy, Keith, yeah. Clint Scale. Yeah. And I know him. I know Keith. I, last time I was in New York several years ago, we ate at, uh, at a lunch, ate lunch. And we was talking about some stuff. And um, it made you mad because this man was trying to get you more money. And you, were, and you <laughs> thought you about to lose the little bit of money they were offering you. And that is mm -hmm. so true. I cannot tell you how many times I've been negotiating deals. People go, hey, man, I'm cool with that amount. Hey, 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 bro. But they got more. They got mm -hmm. more. It's called negotiations because everybody okay. knows how to say no in negotiations. Understand that now. Hear me when I say this. If somebody come to you with an offer, if they come to you with an offer, do not say yes. You give them a counter offer and you want to give them a counter offer that's kind of extreme. Because, you know, because whatever, whatever they come back with you, they're going to drop off that number anyway. So you don't want to come back or oh, go up a little bit, like 10%. You want to go up like 50%. So when they come mm -hmm. back, they're going to drop down below that. So just just tell everybody how he was a person who was experienced. That's what you was missing in this negotiation was experience. And mm -hmm. he brought that experience to the table, which leads us into this whole conversation, the importance of mentorship, which really lays out a lot of different. You mentioned that a lot in your book, male and female mentorship. Tell us about that, Absolutely. Erica. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so Keith Clinkfield is one of many male mentors in my life that really helped navigate, you know, my own personal negotiation skills and business acumen. Uh, Steve Stout happened to be another really fantastic mentor um, midway throughout my career. I could, I could another name. name. But the <laughs> That's my boy, Steve Stout. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't yeah, believe I've never met you. I cannot believe this, Erica. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I have been blessed to to really uh, interact with some phenomenal talent throughout my life and career. Um, and, you know, just one of the things that I learned in that scenario with Keith and even a gentleman by the name of Stephen Gold before Keith is understanding your worth and understanding how to evaluate yourself in the marketplace. And, and also, a thing that women need to understand is this is just, this is fact. Women are paid, you know, 40 to 60 cents on the dollar, depending on your race. Right. Um, and we are absolutely discounted in every single arena that we enter. So if you ask for $100, they're only going to believe they need to give you 40 to $60. Mm -hmm. And in knowing that, you have to combat that in A, evaluating yourself in a way that makes sense. So proven track record, making sure that your package, your presentation, your pitch make the most sense to create the the, the the sort of the substance for your ask. And then to your point, Rashawn, is asking a little bit more than what you think you want so mm -hmm. you get what you need, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so when he showed me that, I was so, I didn't think I was worthy of the 
the mm-hmm. opportunity that was presented to me. Mm-hmm. So I was willing to take whatever it was they had to give me because it was more than what I even was making in the moment. Right. But what Keith showed me is I was more valuable to that organization and I needed to leverage that to get what I really wanted. And it, it, the rest is history. I've been able to negotiate my salary in mm-hmm. ways that have been, you know, really unprecedented for me or anyone in my family. And it's a good segue to first generational uh, uh, hurdles. And that's really what, what mommy never told you was about. Because I get so many times people ask me, well, what didn't mommy tell you? And I have to elaborate that my mother gave me as much as she could give me. Mm-hmm. Right? She nurtured, she supported, she directed, she guided. But there's just some things she's never done. So she has no, no insight on the best approach to doing it. So, you know, as a first generational professional at this level, there, there are so many things that I just don't know how to do. And a lot of financial gaps for us as a community and a whole host of other things. And having these mentors is where you can tap into that experience and expertise to, to get some safe guidance on how to do it successfully. Absolutely. And I just, I just was uh, tickled to death that you was mad at him. And uh, oh, all, he, so all, all he was trying to do, Erica, was get you more money, get, get your value but together. He, but he, you know, Keith Clinkfield's the way I know Keith Clinkfield. <laughs> he's not gentle about what he's doing. He completely oh, demolished oh, everything. I, I know him. That's why. That's why I laughed because you go, no, he didn't blow. Hey, I was happy. I was. These people wanted me. What is he saying? And then he wasn't talking to you. He was just making decisions without you. Okay, I, oh, just I told him. Steamrolled the whole process. Well, <laughs> well, you can at least ask me, Keith. What I think about that dollar I amount. No, no, I didn't need to ask. I need to, I mean, you know what you're talking about. I need to ask you like, That's oh, funny. Okay. Uh, I know we're about to wrap up here, but I wanted to uh, talk about uh, there's, there's so many things I can talk about in the book. I'm talking to Erica Pittman, um, EP in my game, executive producer. That's what I call it because she run things. You know, that's, that's going to be her <laughs> subtitle, you know, because she run things. Just things. That's it. Because she run things. Um, is a chapter book under define and control your own narrative, which I always talk about. I think in 2020, that's uh, uh that's what I, I, I sat down with a um, uh, a specialist about, like I said, to, to wanted to find out who who relates to Rashawn McDonald, what age group relates to Rashawn McDonald, what my colors, what the people are attracted to, do they like me casual, do they like me in a suit, and also, so I really actually went to somebody to tell me who Rashawn McDonald was and who wants to listen to Rashawn McDonald. And when you get into the chapter to find and control your own narrative, you say this at the age of 33, you made it out of the projects and was part of the top 5% of income earners in America. Now, a lot of people don't understand that. That's, that's powerful. That's powerful because you are now, you're now navigating waters. When you go in the grocery store, you just pick things up. The way mm-hmm. about on sale, you just pick it up. Okay, you go buy some mm-hmm. shoes. Hey, I have a couple of pair. Okay, I have a couple of pair. Uh, that car put the, put a few more features on that car. I like that. Okay, you know I don't mind flying first class every once in a while because I'm in the top five. But you don't know these things, and and the thing about mm-hmm. it, you didn't know. And when you look back on it, Erica, you didn't know that's all it took. That's all I had to make yep. to get in the top 5%. So you mean the rest of the 95% of America is living under this level? That is an eye opener because it makes you realize that to get to the haves, it's a lot of work. But when you get in that world, all you want to do is keep getting to the 4%, the 2%. <laughs> That's your goal now. And so mm-hmm. but, but staying there is rough. 
And I always tell people longevity is a beautiful thing, but it's a lot of work. Yeah. I tell people 24 hours in a day, always learn how to use every hour in a day. So when you make that statement about at the age of 33, you made it out of the projects. It was part of the top five, top 5% of income earners in America. Why do you make that statement in your book? Um, I think it's important for, you know, those of us that perhaps come from humble beginnings to realize that, we, you know, a, 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 it's possible for anyone. Um, you know, I, I often say everyone can't be Oprah Winfrey or Michelle Obama, who also is a great example of coming from humble beginnings yeah. and, you know, sort of reaching a pinnacle of success. Uh, but everyone can't be those those archetypes. But, you know, everyday people, you know, with the right mind frame and the, the right commitment and persistence, can, can make it happen. And, and to your point, it is not as difficult as it seems because the, the better half of the world is not necessarily as successful as the 5%. Right. So, um, yeah. So I just, I wanted people to see that it, it's achievable and I'm not just sort of blowing smoke with, right. with my messaging and, and my strategies. Well, you're not blowing smoke here. I appreciate the honesty <laughs> in your book. You made me laugh. You made me take a little note because I love reading books like your books because I like to believe I'm a successful person. And when I when I read books like yours, it's like a master class. You know, oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. She made me remember. OK, cool. Good. Rashawn McDonald is still in the right lanes of success. And that's what you will get when you read the book. What Mommy Never Told You, written by Erica Pittman, uh, E.P., that's my girl, you know, executive producer, because she runs things. Erica, thank you for coming on my show, okay? Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> if you want to hear uh, more Money Making Conversation interviews, interviews, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host.